Say what you want about Elon Musk, but his exposure of Twitter's internal policies to collude with the federal government, to strip you of fundamental liberties, has been just another in a long series of wake-up calls for Americans. We'll look at this collusion as well as what you can do to reclaim lost liberties and work to place government back into its constitutional limitations where it belongs. All in this episode of Analysis Behind the News. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share this information through your social media accounts. As the Epic Times reported over the weekend, Taibbi, who just published part six of the Twitter files on Friday, revealed how the FBI and a web of other private and government-affiliated actors were able to direct staff at Twitter to suppress information they did not want on the platform, expressing concern over the FBI's probing of Twitter's views about state actor activities on the platform. Taibbi's supplemental thread comes after America First Legal obtained documents revealing that the Biden administration had editorial access to Twitter through a secret portal, which allowed agents of the U.S. government to censor COVID-19 information it did not want to gain public attention. In essence, Twitter became a subsidiary of the FBI. The New American reported, such was the FBI's obsession to block misinformation and stop foreign influence and other election tampering that 80 agents were detailed to keep track of social media. Now think about that. 80 agents were focused on social media. But it gets worse than that. Reports early this week reported that the FBI paid Twitter nearly $4 million for this censorship. That means American taxpayers paid for at least one federal agency to censor Americans' personal speech on a private platform. The shutting down of dissenting opinions is a hallmark of fascism. Now, isn't it interesting that those who crow the loudest about fascism are the ones complicit in its practice? As an example, earlier this week, the Epic Times reported that Vice President Kamala Harris said she expects and would require social media companies to work with the Biden administration to prevent so-called misinformation and disinformation and to protect democracy. Now, given what we know of misinformation, including that it was used as a smokescreen for Hunter Biden, we must recognize that the intelligence community is not so much focused outward upon foreign enemies, rather it's focused in on the American people. And it wasn't just the FBI involved here either. The Department of Homeland Security also flagged content for censorship. They are following the set practices that the Communist Chinese Party uses against its own people. That should tell you a lot. This goes much deeper than just a private company deleting posts that it says violated its policies. Misinformation is a specialty of government that is not focused on its constitutional responsibilities. Rather, on its own unconstitutional self-preservation and continuity of its tyranny. For instance, take the subject of war. The Founding Fathers offered advice on how to deal with war, codifying the grave responsibilities of this decision into the Constitution and placing that power directly into the hands of Congress. Americans are generally not interested in waging war. According to the January-February 2023 issue of Foreign Affairs, which is the mouthpiece for the chief globalist architect, the Council on Foreign Relations. For more than a dozen years before Russia's invasion and under two different presidents, the country sought to pair its overseas commitments, including in Europe. A majority of Americans believe that the United States should mind its own business internationally and let other countries get along the best that they can on their own, according to the Pew Research Center. 
As pollster Andrew Kohut put it, the American public felt little responsibility and inclination to deal with international problems that are not seen as direct threats to the national interest. This is as our founders intended. John Quincy Adams summarized the first 50 years of American foreign policy. He wrote, America, in the Assembly of Nations, since her admission among them, has invariably, though often fruitlessly, held forth to them the hand of honest friendship, of equal freedom, of generous reciprocity. She has uniformly spoken among them, though often to heedless and often to disdainful ears, the language of equal liberty, of equal justice, and of equal rights. She has, in the lapse of nearly half a century, without a single exception, respected the independence of other nations while asserting and maintaining her own. She has abstained from interference in the concerns of others, even when conflict has been for principles to which she clings, as to the last vital drop that visits the heart. Wherever the standard of freedom and independence has been or shall be unfurled, there will her heart, her benedictions, and her prayers be. But she goes not abroad in search of monsters to destroy. She is the well-wisher to the freedom and independence of all. He also concluded what would happen if America turned away from this principle. He wrote, She well knows that by once enlisting under other banners than her own, were they even the banners of foreign independence, she would involve herself beyond the power of extrication in all the wars of interest and intrigue, of individual avarice, envy, and ambition, which assume the colors and usurp the standard of freedom. The fundamental maxims of her policy would insensibly change from liberty to force. She might become the dictatress of the world. She would no longer be the ruler of her own spirit. As the Foreign Affairs magazine observed, yet today, Americans are dealing with two international disputes that do not pose a direct threat to the national interest as commonly understood. The United States has joined a war against an aggressive great power in Europe, Russia versus Ukraine, and promised to defend yet another small democratic nation, Taiwan, against an autocratic great power in East Asia. Support among the American populace is often built through propaganda, which our governments organize misinformation campaigns. Another way is by creating a false flag or by the federal government goading the enemy into attacking it, just like World War II, for example. Then the mood of the nation can change overnight while the president declares that the day will live in infamy. And it should live in infamy, but not why the president said that it should. Rather, for departing for the principles of the Founding Fathers and for the hundreds of thousands of American lives lost during the war. As the New American reposts each year on December 7th, comprehensive research has shown not only that Washington knew in advance of the attack on Pearl Harbor, but that it deliberately withheld its foreknowledge from our commanders in Hawaii in the hope that the surprise attack would catapult the U.S. into World War II. Unfortunately, World War II also served as the event that internationalists used to quickly and greatly move America away from its founding principles of not looking for monsters to destroy, but rather to build a new world order that has grown unconstitutional regional government and has also built the infrastructure of world government through the United Nations and its many affiliates, including the World Health Organization that helped to usher in COVID tyranny. Independence has given way to the interdependence that was laid bare for all to see during the government lockdowns. Throughout the years, misinformation propaganda campaigns have developed 
around climate change, extreme environmentalism, water preservation, and other areas that have led to direct attacks on property rights, free speech rights, and Fourth Amendment rights, just to name a few. Now here's a headline that should jolt you awake. Vaccine misinformation, one of the biggest public health threats, CDC director says. Now even though this article is in reference to measles, this could easily refer to the mRNA shots for COVID. The government's mantra continues to be, get vaccinated, get vaccinated, get vaccinated. We've all heard those asinine public service announcements on the radio. Yet, as the Miami Herald points out, newer subvariants are most resistant to COVID vaccines, antibody drugs study says. These new variants make up 70% of the newest COVID infections in December. Yet, we're still told to get a shot, all the while ignoring vaccine adverse uh, events that continue to balloon. 33,000 deaths, all due to the COVID vaccines. Of course, this does not take into consideration the incredibly evil hospital protocols that have killed many seeking treatment, including not utilizing ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, or nebulizers for early treatment that have proven to save lives, using remdesivir too late, and forcing patients onto ventilators that kills them. Nor does it take into consideration all the other deaths not reported that are linked to the shots, including the sudden deaths that seem so prevalent around many young and healthy individuals around the world. Let's change that headline to make it more accurate. Government misinformation is one of the biggest public health threats. And folks, it's done so deliberately. It's meant to help transform this once prosperous Judeo-Christian-based nation into just another country serving the agenda of a godless new world order. Misinformation, disinformation, propaganda, it's all being thrown at Americans from all angles. What used to be called evil now is being labeled good, and vice versa. This is a perfect example of the other side using misinformation against you. And then they collude with the companies you interact with just to silence you. This is not just an American, folks. It's fascist. And it plays into a much larger agenda than you may even realize. But yet, there is hope. Good can overcome evil. But good men and women of solid conscience and religious ideals must be willing to step up to stop this evil. And it's not as hard as you might think. You see, there is a powerful weapon that can be used. It's called the Constitution. Coupled with grassroots efforts to help inform others about the Constitution and to apply it, the enemies of freedom can be beaten at their own game. Plus, you must also realize that you are not alone. You are not a lone voice. More and more Americans are seeing what unconstitutional government is capable of and are waking up to the fact that if they don't get involved, then we may very well lose this precious country. The John Birch Society has preached and practiced this time and time again since 1958. America is starting to catch on and recognize just how accurate we have been. The Constitution is battered and bruised, but it is largely intact. And again, it is a powerful tool. Adherence to its limitations and proactive responsibility from citizens with a heavy reliance on the Almighty is what is needed. And the John Birch Society provides the leadership, the plan, and the tools to get involved and be successful. The John Birch Society was specifically created to save America from the tyranny of a long-entrenched enemy. We've proven time and again that our plan successfully works and that our agenda protects individual liberties and, of course, overall freedom. Now is the time to get involved. The enemies of freedom have made great advances in these last few years. However, 
There are key strategic projects that will stop them. Again, we do this locally, all working together on an agenda that creates influence and electorate pressure throughout the country. It's time to stop this collusion against your freedom. It's time to join the John Birch Society and get active in your community. We'll show you how, along with others who are already active in your area. Links are in the video description. Please like, subscribe, and share this information through your social media accounts. I'm Bill Hahn for the John Birch Society. Until next time, stay informed, stay active, and get involved, patriots.